gente vai. This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host Brian Petrie. I'm cutting the intro short because I'm too goddamn excited to talk about this card. I got my man Devin with me. Devin, our final pick'em of the year of the season. I'm up five three on your partner. Feeling good, feeling confident. You you are excited for this card. I mean, I think everyone is. It's a huge card. Uh, how's your confidence level uh, on picking these fights? You got any tricks up your sleeve? So these, this is like this. This card has some obvious, um, some obvious, you know, picks. But this is a really evenly matched up card. Um, just like last week's uh, DC card, there's a lot of really, a lot of really even fights. If you ask me, um, I'm I'm super excited about this. I'm this is this is the one. We said this was the one for the last one, but yeah, this is the one. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is a good really one. The one. Three title fights. Uh, good little undercard. Really excited about some stuff. I think I got some surprises. I don't know. I think I got some, and I'm not just doing it to be like you know, like oh, I'm oh, I want to call it. I want. I think I got some some tricks on my sleeve. I think I got some surprises that might take you by surprise. But I really truly believe that. So uh, I'm gonna leave that as a little tease out there. Some things people probably know, but um, so since you're losing, I was trying to figure out a way. I can't let you win, right? So if you beat me, if you get Say you beat me by two or more, we're gonna call it a draw for the year, right? So you got to beat me on the on our points total, two or more, and then we'll be an even draw, right? So because there's one event left, we pick all the pay per views. Um, that's the only way because I can't be like, oh, like uh, yeah, I can't let you beat me. So we're gonna have a draw. So you gotta you gotta come out guns a blazing. You gotta come out firing, and you're picking right away. Let's dive in. First fight of the night, we got. Pulahey Serrano, Hawaiian boy. He's a minus 110 underdog favorite. Pick him, whatever you want to look at it. He is fighting Oscar Pochota, who's a minus 120. He's 11 and 2 and 1. Devin, what do you got in this fight? The the curtain jerker here. Um, this this fight deserves to be where it is. Um, this is the fight I'm actually least excited about on this whole card. And, you know, that's, that's kind of obvious. Um, Pulahey Serrano, he looked decent on the contender series i don't know if him and dana have like some weird backdoor deal because dana was dana was super fucking high on this kid and he just looked okay i don't know if you watched him on the contender series i did yes he just looked okay um how do you, how'd you feel about his performance uh he looked okay yeah he's good good boxing um i think he's uh a, an ali abazi guy um so i think there was a lot of People thought there might have been some home cooking because Ali was there and he's got a lot of fighters in. But I thought he looked okay. See, and yeah, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I feel there. Um, and Oscar Pachoka, he's just doesn't have too much. Um, he's got two submission losses. Um, two submission losses back to back, both of them in the second round. Um, neither neither one of these guys, I'm super pumped up, super 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 impressed with. Um, I don't even since we're tight on time, I don't even think we should spend a lot of time on this fight. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to go with a, a Punale Soriano. I, I just think, like you said, his, his stand-up's a little bit better. Um, he's he's a typical Hawaiian fighter. He'll 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 take one to give one, you know. And uh, I, I think he's a solid pick. Um, I let, I want to see the line on him. Um, yeah, he's one ten, one ten right now. So he's he's a slight uh, underdog, um, slight dog, slight dog uh, but it's a pick 'em. They're both in the minus, 
it can move a little bit. <clears throat> can you say his name one more time? You say it so good. Say his name one first name again. Uh, ah, I could never do that. Uh, yeah, so th- I don't want to spend a lot of time in this fight. Uh, Soriano, I can't even pronounce his first name after you just did, so I'm just going to call him Soriano. Soriano um, looked really good. He worked the body well. Um, he had good stand-up. His ground game, I heard, coming along. Again, I heard he's an Ali Abazi guy, Danny Ige guy from Hawaii. Those Hawaii guys are usually tough. I don't know if he finished his camp in Vegas or if he stayed in Hawaii. Um, not really sure who he's training with in Hawaii. I know he doesn't train with Max or BJ, so I don't know how many camps are out there anymore. Um, but he looked okay on the contender series. Alchica Pachota is a guy I've never been blown away with. Good stand-up, chin a little suspect. He's very hittable. Obviously, his big question marks the ground. He's been submitted before. His last two fights he came from a submission. He came in the UFC with an undefeated record. Now he's you know kind of fell to the wayside because he's fighting better competition. I think this is actually a really good fight for him. I think this is a fight that I would, if I was in his position coming off two losses, you got to take this fight. The contender series guys, when they come off, when they get the contract, they're real 50-50, right? Some of them look good. Some of them don't look, you know, uh, they're really fresh in your mind. So a lot of people like me, he's more fresher in my mind than Oscar is. So I want to run and take him. Um, however, I did look up some tape before he came in the UFC, Soriano that is, and he's really clean with his hands. He's very, very young and green. He makes mistakes. He does get hit a lot. Um, I see him having better cardio and just a little more push than Oscar. So I'm going to go with Soriano as well. Slight dog. Not really sure how that's going to cash out, but we'll do a little underdog sound anyway because um, he is a slight dog right now. So uh, we agree. That's a that's a good pick. That's a good pick, Devin. All right, next up, Jessica Evil Eye. She's 14 and 7. She's a plus 150 underdog. She's fighting Vivian Arjulo, who is 8 and 1, and she is a minus 185 favorite. Um, I'm not a huge Jessica I fan. I know she's an Ohio gal. I should probably support her more. I just think that she's squeaked by, uh, you know, and there's no one in that division or that was either remotely willing to fight Valentina. She got knocked out. I think, I don't even know if she's still awake from that knockout. She got her head kicked off her fucking shoulders. Um, she's fighting Vivian who, who can crack, who can, who can really go out there and crack. She had a huge overhand right knockout two fights ago. She's coming off a Lexus Davis win, and she looked pretty good. She only has one loss. She's aggressive. She's mean. Jessica Eye is more of a point fighter. She's probably going to get this fight to the ground a little bit. I know she acts like she's tough and she wants to strike, but she wants to get this fight to the ground. She wants to kind of win a decision, a close decision. I think Vivian is going to be too much for Jessica Eye. I do not like the underdog here. I'm going to pick Vivian, uh, probably TKO. I'm not going to predict the finish. But Vivian's gonna win for sure. Devin, what do you got in the uh, the lady fight? So uh, I should just get an extra point for fucking nailing her name, Viviani Araujo. Okay, there you go. I can never do that in a million years. <laughs> I grew up in South Florida, man. You gotta. Yeah, you, gotta you got. To I that. took Spanish one twice in high school. I failed both times. You know, I could never pass a fucking Spanish class either. No, but never um, did. I. I learned very good Spanish growing up where I grew up and having to order food, believe yeah. it or not. There you go. <laughs> you want your order, right? You got to speak the lingo. That's right. That's right. So, um, you definitely hit the nail on the head. Um, when, right with uh, Viviani's, with her UFC debut, she she used to fight down at 115, and she's fucking bricked up for a chick. I don't know how she ever made 115 pounds. That's beyond me. She must have cut her tits off or something. Um, but... Uh, she, right when I saw her, she actually moved up and fought at 135. And like you said, she she put a whooping on that girl, sparked her out in the third round. Viviana carries her power 
throughout the throughout the whole fight. She's not just a one round fighter. Um, her last fight against Alexis Davis, she you could find the holes in her game, but I don't think Jessica I is as tough as Alexis Davis is. Yeah. And I don't. I think Jessica I makes just as many critical mistakes as Viviani does, and a lot of the mistakes Jessica I makes are in the stand up. You know. Example number one is you want to see a dead body. Look at her last fight, you know. She's still um, dead. And she was she was tricked into that, um, which is very, very technical by Valentina. She was tricked into that, you know, a body, body, head. But at the same time, that's that's something that you drill, you right. know, like you, the same, you know, the same the same techniques you, you drill for attacking are the same techniques you need to be drilling for defense. Right. Um, and And I feel like she's just not as defensively sound as she needs to be. And against someone like Viviani, that's just got really good Muay Thai and power. We, we always say this, man. We always say that in the women's divisions, strength and power is the game changer. And I, I just think that's what it's going to be in this fight. I, I really think if this was a five-round fight, I would say fourth-round TKO. Yeah. Um, I think there's a probably... If there was a betting line on a finish for Viviani, I would say it's probably like a 40%. I really think she has a really good chance to finish this fight, maybe 30, 40% to finish within three rounds. Um, I don't know if she's going to finish her, but I, 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 I do see her winning most of the fight, most of the exchanges. I, I you know, Viviani's a good pick. I, 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 right when I saw her fight, I'm like, this is the girl that they're grooming for, for a title shot. They need people to fight Valentina. Right. And, uh, it's probably going to be Viviani if she beat it's, it's Chikagian next. If Viviani right. wins, it's probably going to be Viviani. And then they'll probably put like Macy Barber versus Viviani. And then if Macy Barber wins that fight, then she'll be the one to fight Valentina next. Right. So they're, they're grooming people. They're grooming, they're grooming these 125ers for Valentina. And I think uh, all the women I just said, I think Viviani has the best chance against Valentina. And I, I, I really think that Viviani's going to just, just run away with this fight. Yeah, good pick. So we're, we're agreeing. We're off to we're off to a good start here. So next up, you got Brandon Moreno, who is fifteen five and one. He is a was he at plus uh, plus one forty underdog. He's fighting Kaikar France, who is twenty and seven. He is a minus one seventy favorite. Devin, who do you like? You like the the, the kid from Mexico, or do you like the uh, the the New Zealand, the Kiwi? City kickboxing, man, they're just fucking these guys are so good. Like they're just they've got a they all have that same they all have they all the dudes from City Kickboxing possess different technical skills. But they all have a champion mindset. That's the one thing they all have in common. Yeah. Eugene Barry. One dude brings it all. Great coach. You know, they yep. that, that guy's he's fucking great. He came out of the woodworks. He's literally Eugene Behrman is the new Oh my God! Why can't I, my I'm I'm lost for words. George St. Pierre's head coach. I can't. Farasa Habi. Yeah, Farasa yeah, Habi. He is yep. the new Faras. Yeah, he is the new Faras. Um, and uh, I just think Eugene Behrman does great with his guys. I and and Kaikara France looks great. Um, that flyweight division needs some life. He, you know, and and they, the UFC wants that part of the world. They they want they want that after. After the after what happened there, you know, with with Israel, they they want that they want that part of the world. Um, they they want that they want that audience. Um, they've really tried hard for the Mexican audience, and I feel like it hasn't gone as well for them. Um, that's you know that's besides the point. Brandon Moreno is a good fighter. Um, he's Mexican. He's tough. Um, 
typical, but I, I really think Kai Car France is just going to take this. I just think he's better everywhere. Um, and, and the camp he comes from, you know, like he just has the mentality. He has that winner's mindset, and I really think he's going to take it. Yeah. Kai Car France, I mean, I, I, I've loved this guy since he was on the Ultimate Fighter. I was really shocked they didn't sign him. He uh, went out and got a bunch of wins, and then he got re-signed not too long ago, probably about a year ago. Um, he's been up in 35. Now he's at 125 because 125 is going to go away. He's a really good, exciting striker. He picks his shots really well. He's powerful. He can strike different ways. He can put it on you. He can he can counter. His wrestling's becoming uh, better. His takedown offenses, his top game's pretty good. His bottom game, obviously, is still lacking. Brandon Moreno's really good on the ground. Brandon Moreno can... His wrestling's not fantastic. His entries aren't great. His stand-up is getting better, so that can lead to more takedowns. He's aggressive. He's got a good chin. Uh, very exciting kid as well. He got cut from UFC not too long ago, and and he got had his first fight back last last time out. And uh, I was surprised he got cut as well because, again, they're trying to build a Mexican audience. They got Yair Rodriguez, who's a bona fide superstar down there. And typically, Mexico is heavily favored with boxing. You know, there's uh, so many great boxers come from Mexico. Huge market for MMA, right? They don't have Cain Velasquez anymore, so they kind of got to push certain guys, and there's not a ton of elite guys that are Mexican-born that are in the UFC. Uh, Brandon Moreno is one of them. and um, But Kai Carl France, I think, is just too hot right now. He's too good. He's, he, his cardio is great. Brandon Moreno has slowed down in fights. I do see him chasing takedowns. I do see him doing well. If Kai gets on his back against Moreno, it's going to be some trouble. But Kai's really hard to hold down. He doesn't get tired. Uh, this is going to be a great fight. This is going to be early fight of the night. I think the both two fights in front of that are probably going to be a little lackluster, maybe decisions, maybe you know some steamrolls. This fight's going to be very, very competitive. Um, I really like Moreno at plus 140. However, I'm not going to take him. I like a few other underdogs on his card, so I'm not going to take Moreno. Wouldn't be surprised if he if he squeaks out a decision over Kai, but uh, I like Kai Car France. His, his striking is is really clean. Uh, he's very technical. He's really tight with his strikes. He doesn't you know sit out there and wing punches. Everything's in the pocket. Everything's right down the middle. Um, he's got a good hook. He's got good kicks. But worried about him getting put on his back. But I'm gonna ride with Kai Car France. All right. Next up, another. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, bud. Sorry. No, no, sorry to sorry to talk over you. No, another thing about about Kai Car France too is in the exchanges, he's really good at striking with his punches at all different ranges. He yeah. can strike from distance. He can strike in the middle. He can strike in the pocket, and he can he can get you to do what he wants to do. If he says, "Okay, you're better at range than me. Let me let me entice you into a pocket exchange," and he just like you said, his he's. He kind of pot shot stuff, but everything is selected very well. He has very good vision, and that's that's one thing that a lot of these guys from that you can't have are is really good vision when it comes to striking. Israel Adesanya, you know, prime example. That's all I wanted to say about Kai. Yeah. I didn't really get to be too technical. Right. I usually just bring into the operation, so I let you get really technical with stuff. But you know, that those are some things that I've that I've noticed about him. I, I his his striking is very very crisp. You you nailed it on the head. Yeah, he's re- he's really really talented. All right, next up you got Daniel Tamer, who is seven and three. He's a minus one ten, uh, slight underdog versus Chase Hooper, who's eight zero oh, and one. He is a minus one twenty, slight favorite. Pick him fight. Uh, I think I lead here, right? Do I lead on this one? Yeah, I lead on this one. Uh, yes, you do, sir. Okay. Yeah, Daniel Tamer, the Tamer brothers, I'm not a huge fan of them, right? Um, I'm not really sure why Daniel Tamer is still in the UFC. He came out and he won his last fight, but he lost two in a row, both by finish. I think maybe even three in a row. Um, so I'm not a huge Tamer fan. Uh, yeah, he lost three in a row. Um, but 
Chase Hooper was on the Contender Series. Really young kid. I think he's only 20. I think when he debuted on the Contender Series, he was 19. He got the shit kicked out of him for a round and a half. The guy gassed, and he won a decision. Didn't get a contract. Um, he went out and fought multiple other times. Now he's getting a contract. Um, I, I usually support the younger guys. Listen, this kid probably came in and, and only knows MMA. He's not a wrestler. He's really good on the ground. He does have jujitsu, but he he's an MMA guy. He he trains MMA. His strength is on the ground. Uh, long kid, uh, good off his back, good on top. But you know, I, I just think he's just he's not ready yet, right? He's not ready. I don't think Tamor obviously is a, a world beater. He's seven and three, not a great record. Um. But I just think he might be a little too much man for Chase Hooper. I think he knows the only way Chase will win this fight if it gets to the ground. His last two losses uh, uh, were both by submission, so I know he doesn't want to play the ground game too much. I think he's just going to avoid the ground and, and, and piece this kid up. This kid gets hit a lot. Um, shows Has shown a good chin, but as much as I don't want to you know, bet on Tamer or pick Tamer because, again, I don't think he belongs in the UFC. I don't think either of these guys do. Chase Hooper has a, a future in the UFC, just maybe not right now. Um, I'm going to pick Tamer. I'm going to pick the slight underdog here um, just because I just don't love Hooper's uh, skill set right now. Who do you got? Who do you got? You got the Beanpole or you got the Swede? You know, you kind of nailed it on the head. Um, the Tamer brothers, I think they suck. Um, I don't think that they're UFC uh caliber fighters i think that there's other fighters in other places that deserve to be in the places that they're that the brothers are in um and i know that they probably just have them there because they're swedes and you know yeah different people from different places bringing different audiences and i think that talent sometimes gets pushed to the wayside sometimes for that you know searching for a new audience um and that, that's all besides the point um i i just like you said about chase hooper everybody's high on him i believe he actually got an uh like a um like a developmental deal okay yeah that might make sense because i'm pretty sure that he was fighting on a bunch of the fight pass shit okay um, yeah because i like the alaskan whatever they do over there in alaska um and the, those are pro fights brock weaver actually fought in that same um organization I, I can't think of it off the top of my head um but uh just like you said chase hooper is not he's not really impressive to me i i think that uh He's he gets hit a lot. He's got really sneaky submissions. Uh, Tamer's last two losses were by submission, just like you said. Um, to guys that may be better grapplers than, or not as good of grapplers as Chase Hooper, Chase Hooper might be like a better grappler than Chris Fishgold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't. He's tough, but like when the going gets tough, like will he? You know what I. Like you said, you said he got the shit kicked out of him. I don't think he's. I just think I don't think he's man enough yet, and it's weird for me to say that I don't know any other way to describe it. But like, I don't think he has as grown man muscles yet. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He just um, he's, he just turned twenty in September. Yeah, he's not. He's not like, there yet. You know, I just don't think he's. I don't think he's technically sound enough, and I don't think. You have to have some form of stand-up. You can't be. You can't get hit the way that the kid gets hit. Um, he's really technical on the ground. Chases a lot of submissions, and he'll take a beating. He'll take a beating to chase that submission, as we saw. Um, yeah, I was gonna actually originally pick him, um, but I thought about it more. I watched a little tape, and I watched his contender series fight, and uh, I just. His contender series fight means more to me than any of his other fights. Um, right. Just because it's it's a big show, whatever, whatever. And then this would be his UFC debut. 
So I was like, you know, th this, I just don't feel this fight's going to probably suck. Um, and I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel confident picking either one of them. They both the picks suck because I don't think this, I think this fight sucks. I think it's probably the worst fight on the card. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to go with Tamer only because I just don't think Chase Hooper's ready yet. Right. Um, Chase Hooper's from Enumclaw, exactly right. Washington. Where's that at? Is that up your way? Enumclaw, yeah, so, uh, Washington. Uh, it's, de it's definitely, uh, you know, named after Native American. I'm actually yeah. not too familiar from Washington because I've only lived up here for a few years. Right. I'm, I know it's. I think it's uh, it's obviously west of me, and okay. I'm pretty sure it's uh, one of the. I'm pretty sure it's on one of the reservations. Okay, yeah. So that's where he's from. So you're going against your your Washington brother there. Okay, I see. Yeah. You're only loyal I, to your Miami guys. I get it. I get it, Devin. Well, now and now you telling me he's from an umclaw, it makes sense. Okay, his fighting style and the quality of fight that he brings that makes even more sense to me. Just because the competition out here is not as good as. You know, Arizona, South Florida, Colorado. Right. You know, you know, you know where the yeah. good gyms come from. Yeah. Okay. Vegas. Right. Vegas. California's a huge one. Southern California. They got some talent. Cincinnati, out there. Ohio. Cincinnati. We got some <laughs> killers out here. Uh, um, all right. Moving on here. We got Matt Brown. Speaking of Cincinnati, Ohio, he's not really from Cincinnati, but I mean, he trained here for a while. Twenty-one and sixteen. He's a fucking killer. He's a killer. He's coming back. He's uh, a minus three fifty favorite. Big favorite for Matt Brown. He's fighting Ben Saunders, who is twenty-two, twelve and two. He is a plus two sixty-five underdog. Are you taking the Ohio guy? Or are you taking the Florida guy, Devin? You got you got you got a pick here, pal. So the last time I picked a fighter that came out of retirement, he got kicked in the balls twice and then fucking TKO finished. Yep. Um, he was doing really well in that fight, though, finally fighting at range. Um, but whatever. <laughs> that pissed me off. Um, so I, I'm going Matt Brown, man. Um, I'm a huge Matt Brown fan. Um, I, I know he's a big favorite and he's – and it's hard to really bet on guys that come back because if they leave, how wears their heart at? But Matt Brown, I follow him on Instagram. I see his shitty posts on social media. Like, just the, the guy is a fucking killer. The guy is a killer. He's one of those dudes that you see, you see him, and you see a fighter with killer fucking instinct. Yeah. Um. He's just he's just mean. He's vicious. He's probably he, killed somebody before. Let's just be honest. There's no. a there's a murder on his record. Dude, I was just gonna say that if he was allowed to kill somebody, if the ref was like fucking, if it was Mario Yamasaki and yeah. he was like, you know, yeah, someone you could kill people in the octagon. Like Matt Brown would be a gladiator. Someone's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Like, like if you could kill people, Matt Brown and the and Matt Brown would be fucking. You know, he 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 yeah, he hit you with an elbow and then guillotine you until God knows what. Yeah, but uh, the guy just he's but he's also technical. He's got good stand up. Um. I'd like to see how his body handles. I don't know if he's been injury prone, um, but he's got power. He's got good stand up. Um, he's just, I just, and it's Matt Brown, man. I, I love the guy. I can't pick against him. I'm going with Matt Brown. Matt Brown. This is interesting to me because Matt Brown's a guy who I've met several times. I've been in the same room as him. I've never actually sparred him or chained with him. We we were in the same room at one time. Um, uh, you know, Ohio guy. I, I believe he retired because he moved to Colorado. Uprooted his family, moved to Colorado to train out there. It didn't kind of really work out for him. He didn't like being out there. Moved back to Ohio and was like, you know what? The training's not as great in Ohio, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to cool it. I'm not going to fight anymore. 
obviously he got the bug and wanted to come back. He's not old. He's he's not really you know washed up. He doesn't have a chin problem. Um, and he's very aggressive. He's very good. You know, he's coming off. I mean, his last fight was Diego Sanchez. He he won that, and, and then he you know it's been, he's been out for about you know two years or so. Um, had a rough go at it. Uh, ben Saunders, a guy who I thought was going to retire after his last fight. I believe he fought in Florida his last time out. He lost. He's coming off three straight losses. All finishes. Um, his last, f- so out of his last five, he's f- lost four out of his last five, all by finishes. Um, f- uh, three out of the four are by some kind of knockout. Matt Brown could knock you out. Matt Brown's powerful. Matt Brown has good hands. I didn't mark anything down because I wanted to see where you went with this. I obviously am leaning Matt Brown. However, Ben Saunders is such a big underdog. And with our point system, you get so many points. I think this fight might be a little even uh, to the odds because Matt Brown gets hurt to the body by a gust of wind. Every fight he's in, big body kicks, big knees, he gets hurt to the body. He's got a great chin. His body's really weak. Ben Saunders, if he gets in that clinch and he throws those knees, he's got some of the best knees in the welterweight division. His chin is, is, is pretty much shot, so he can't take any shots. But his knees are brutal. And I just see if he catches Matt Brown with a knee, he can put him down with some kind of body shot, TKO. I can see Ben Saunders getting out of win here. Um, but at plus 265, I'm, I'm going to take a swing at it. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to take a swing at it because Matt Brown's been off for two and a half years. Hopefully, because I, I do like Matt Brown as well, even though I'm, I'm going against myself, hopefully Matt Brown, two years off, rested his body. Maybe his body now is, is you know, he was, going, he was fighting and training so much that he didn't have the proper time to rest and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'm rocking with Ben Saunders. He's a big underdog here, trying to get those points, just hoping he eats up that body of Matt Brown. And uh, yeah, we'll get the dub. We'll get the dub. Right? Uh, last time I laughed at you picking a dog like that, yeah. you know, the Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Look what happened immediately. Yeah. Stupid. My main concern, that's my main concern with Matt Brown, though. Just like I said, with, in, with, with him being injury prone, I don't, you know, I don't know. We don't really know why he left. Um, and yeah. like you said, he gets hurt to the body. So I'm just hoping that, you know, Hoping he did his sit-ups and he'll be, he'll be right. ready to take some of those. Yeah, I mean, every fight he's ever been in, he might not, he might have not got stopped by it, but he'll get doubled over with a body kick. And, and I just think Ben Saunders has some of the best knees, and he's tall and he's long. He's awkward in there, but he's got you know tissue paper for a chin at this point. So we'll see. I'm rooting for Matt Brown, but for the points, I got to go Saunders. All right, next up, you got Ian Heinish, who is 13 and two. He is a minus 145 favorite. He is fighting Amari. Akamedov, who is 19, 4, and 1. He is a plus 145, or excuse me, he's a plus 115 underdog. Um, I think I lead the dance here. Uh, you know, I was high on Ian Heinish, and then he went out and, and he laid an egg his last time out. I was really disappointed in his performance. He's a guy that uh, people rave about in the training room. I believe he's out in Colorado somewhere. I think he's with Factory X, or he's, or he's somewhere out there, uh, uh, Elevation Training Team. Uh, people rave about his cardio, rave about his in-training thing, uh, how he's he's a leader, he's a pusher, he's got a crazy life story. They're going to make a movie about him probably. Um, and there's no quitting this guy, right? Uh, Derek Brunson went out and just put it to him. Derek Brunson was like, oh, you think you're a good wrestler? Nah, I'm a better wrestler. And he had no answer for it. When you go out there and, and Ian Heinish is kind of limited right now to only being uh, a, a pressure fighter where he gets on top. His striking's not all that great. His top game pressure is good. He's not great off his back. I think his takedown offense is a little weak. Uh, Amari Akhmedov is is a really good, powerful, short, stout, powerful guy. 
He can get a takedown as well. He's heavy on top. He looked good his last time out. I believe he's on a two-fight win streak, maybe one-fight win streak. No, he's on a he's on a two-fight win streak. He tied with Marvin Vittori, who Vittori's light, uh, lightening up at uh, at one uh, at one uh, eighty-five right now, with his only loss being to Israel Adesanya. So I'm picking Amari as an underdog here, plus one fifteen. Ian, he- Ian Heinis just didn't show me a lot in his last fight. I think this is a bad matchup for him. I think Amari can grapple. He can strike. He can do everything Heinis can do, but better. Worried about the cardio. He looked pretty good against Zach Cummings his last time out. Amari did with the cardio-wise. Um, a little worried about the cardio because I think Ian, Ian Heinis does have better cardio. But I'm rocking with the underdog. I'm going with the Russian. Devin, who do you like here, bud? So I think me and you feel really just about the same about Ian Heinish. Um, I was super high on him. You know, every time every time anyone says his name, they talk about his crazy story. Um, and I think you're going to do it, but you did it. Um, and I just did it. Um, and yeah, drug mule, all the crazy shit he did. Um, in that definitely gave him a passion for this. He, that he he saw that you know, hey, that's a really shitty life to live. I can live a great life by fighting mixed martial arts and training mixed martial arts and you know, and becoming a martial artist and, and make money while I'm doing it. This is my second chance at life. So th- he's always got that in him. But just like you said, Derek Brunson, um, which I'm not high on at all. I don't love Derek Brunson at all. Really just outclassed him. And I think Omari is, just like you said, is going to be better than him everywhere. I think he cracks a little harder. I think he's a little more, I wouldn't say athletic, but I think he can just do the everything you can do. I can do better. You know, that's, I just feel like Omari is a little bit better. And, um, just like you said with our point system, is if we were betting money, he's probably the, I would say he's probably the smartest underdog bet on this whole card. Yeah. Um, I really think he's the smartest underdog bet on this whole card. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick him. Um, I just, I don't know if he'll finish Ian Heinish because Ian Heinish is really tough. And like I said, he's got that, you know, he's got a reason to fight. So you can't, you either can't, you got to put him out. You're not going to, you know what I mean? That's the only right. way you're going to stop Ian Hyde from, tra- from trying. Yeah. Um, but I just think it will be at no avail. I think, you know, I think Ahmedov is just going to be better, be better everywhere. Yep. I agree. We're, we're on the same page. Let's, let's go. Caitlin Vieira up next, 10 and 0. She is minus 175 favorite, favorite, excuse me. She's fighting Irene Aldana, who's 11 and 5. She's a plus 145 underdog. Aldana has been very active. Vera, not so much lately. Devin, female fight. Who do you got in this uh, very highly contested female fight here? So um, we were just talking about Mexican fighters, and um, and she's Mexican, and I'm pretty sure she's from Mexico, and I'm pretty sure she is the best fighter in the UFC from Mexico right now. Um, maybe that's not Yair Rodriguez. Right. And as far as in the division that they're in, she may be better – as as many girls in her division as Yair's, as guys in one, at 145. Um, Irene is really good. I really like her, her. Her, She's got a nice big frame, long frame. She's really good at, she's got really technical boxing, um, just like you said, Mexicans boxing. Um, she's got really, really sound boxing. She's pretty good on the ground. She's very active. I think she's, I think she's won four out of her last five. Um, and I, I think that this fight can have some potential title implications. Um, especially with how wide open the 135 women's division is. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll, I think going to take it. She's just been more active. Um, I, I, I'm just really confident in her. I really like her. I really think she's super technical. I think she'll put it all together. 
What's the betting line here? Is she, is she the plus 145? So if you take her, you got the underdog there, pal. That's a nice little yeah. point there. Irene Aldana's coming back too. She, I, I, I don't know exactly how long her layoff was. I know, I know she's coming back. Um, sorry, uh, Caitlin Vieira. I know she's coming back. I, it's just, I'm just, I don't know what we're going to see. She's undefeated though. So we'll, we'll right. see if she'll put that, if she'll be 10 and 1, you know? Right. Uh, I think Irene Aldana's going to take it. Yeah, you know, we we picked against Aldana last not last time, but on a, a, a card, and you picked her. I picked against her. You were right. Um, I like what I saw from Aldana. She's she's very talented. She's got long legs, good kicks, good boxing. You're right. I mean, as I don't think there's many females from Mexico fighting currently in the UFC, and she's a really good one. You know, my only issue with her is every time she's fought top competition, and I know she's very young for the sport. I mean, how old is she? I mean, she's. 31 so maybe not um maybe she started late but every time she's fought, sport, right yeah maybe she but she you know she has a loss to leslie smith she has a loss to caitlin chikagian she has a loss to tanya evinger she has a loss to raquel pennington which is a very close split decision so there's a lot of losses kind of piling up for her, her biggest win was Betsy O'Hare. she she armbarred her in the third round um but a fight that it was very competitive caitlin Vieira hasn't fought in a while but she's got a lot of wins on her record i typically don't I, I, I do look at the records. I do take it into consideration. I usually break it down on skill. I don't know enough about either female fighter. I've seen Caitlin Vieira fight, but it's been a while. I, I didn't look up tape on her. I remember Ariana Donna fighting her last time out against Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Menlo. But, I mean, uh, Caitlin Vieira's got a win over Kat Zagano, Sarah McMahon, Ashley Evans-Smith. I mean, she's got some solid, solid wins in the UFC. She's been a while since she's fought. She's undefeated. She's got all the confidence. Um, I'm going to go with Vieira just because you went opposite. You went with Aldana. I think Aldana is a great underdog pick. I would probably bet Aldana, but I want to go opposite you because I think Caitlin Vieira has an undefeated record. She's Brazilian. I think a time away might be good for her body, um, but skill for skill, I'm really interested to in see how this plays out because Aldana is is tough, and uh, Vieira is a girl who's got a lot of wins on a record, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if the year off, or two years off, or a year and a half, whatever it is, if, if if it does well. All right, so let's get to the meat of the card. These next, all these next fights are insane. I'm excited about every single one of them. So let's go. Mike Perry, who is 13 and five, he is a fight of the night. What fight of the night? <laughs> Mike Platinum Perry, 13 and five. He is a plus 235 underdog versus Jeff Neal, who is 12 and two. He is a minus 275 favorite, heavy favorite on Jeff Neal. Uh, I believe I'm leading this one. Yeah, I'm leading this one. So listen, I love Mike Perry. I love his enthusiasm. I like his character. I don't think he does a bit. Like, he's not being uh, Colby or anything. He's just a crazy dude. That's just what he is, and and I like that. I like that he's authentic. I like that he is who he is. I, I, I respect people that are like that. His fighting style, though, he's... Hasn't really evolved, right? I mean, he, he's very powerful. He takes a shot to give a shot, but he hasn't he hasn't really got over the hump yet, right? Jeff Neal's a guy who's got fantastic striking. His his boxing is really good. He's down in Texas with Safe Saud, and he's really really good uh, at striking. He's got some good head kicks as well. He looks he struggled against Nico Price's last time, and he got dropped a few times in that Nico Price fight. He rebounded well. Nico Price is a little bit longer of a guy than Mike Perry. Mike Perry is kind of short and, and, and bigger this way. Mike Perry throws hooks. Nico Price throws straight punches. So it's gonna be a little bit of a different look for Jeff Neal. Or when this fight got announced, I liked Mike Perry. I didn't love him, but I liked him. I want to see the line. He's very high, which I do like. 
But the more I watch on Jeff Neal, the more I watch on Mike Perry. I mean, my, you know, Mike Perry's as tough as they come. He's probably going to mix in some grappling here. I think Jeff Neal has the faster hands, has the better hands. It's going to be an all-out war. It's going to be an incredible fight. But I'm going to go Jeff Neal. I'm going to go with a safe pick. A little bit of a square pick because he is a little bit high at minus 275. But don't get it wrong. Mike Perry can come out and sleep this dude and, and change the whole complexion of his career moving forward at 170 because people want to pay to see Mike Perry fight because he's exciting. But I'm going to rock with Jeff Neal. Are you going against Florida, Devin? So, I know it's not Miami. He's Orlando. He's the definite, like he is the definition of Florida, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Mike Perry, Mike Perry. Um, and I, I, I I'm going to disagree with you, man. Um, yeah. you said he hasn't shown, he hasn't shown a lot of improvements, Yeah. but in his cowboy Alvarez fight, dude, you got to go watch that fight back. As soon as we get off the phone, if you can, yeah. you should go watch his cowboy fight. He looks really, really good. He was super, super technical. He, he was using like a Mike Tyson peekaboo style, um, right. rolling with a lot of punches, bobbing, weaving. He's and he's got power. Um, he's got a lot of power. And then he yeah. fucking fought Vincente Luque after that. And I think that, I think that that was not very gr- close. You thought great. Mike Perry won. You were messaging me. You were very upset. Happened, yeah. I, I, I. So. If that knee did not flatten his nose and make him bleed like that, I don't think that Vincente Luque would have won that fight. Um, and I think that Jeff Neal is a very smart pick because Jeff Neal is very technical, very powerful, probably a little bit more technical than Perry. But I think um, Perry, like we were saying, the same thing that Matt Brown has, just that killer instinct, like the cage gets fucking locked behind Perry. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm fucking doing this. Like, I'm I'm in here to kill. I'm in here to kill motherfucker. Um, and I'm I'm gonna pick Jeff Neal, but I'm gonna root for Mike Perry. Oh. I think Jeff Neal is a smarter pick. I really um, thought you're going your Miami or excuse me, your Florida guy there. So normally, when we pick, I will pick the guy because I like I like Mike Perry as a fighter more than Jeff Neal. Right. I will. I'm gonna root. I'm gonna root for Mike Perry. I'm gonna pick Jeff Neal. Um, only because you, you, you know, I dropped fucking five in a row. I can't, <laughs> I can't pick with my heart. Like I was picking yeah. with my heart gets me in trouble. Yeah. Um, and I, I've really tried to, you know, pick the smarter picks. I want to pick Perry. I want Perry to win, but I'm going to pick Jeff Neal. Um, and it's, you, if you said what you did was square, I'm doing the most square thing ever. I, yeah. I want one guy to win. Yeah. You're, one. you're, yeah, you, you definitely, you definitely picked a real square pick there. Want rooting for Perry, but you know, you got to play the points. I get it. Uh, you know, I, I just think Mike Perry has so much more potential, you know, uh, maybe I overstated that he hasn't really involved. I just feel like there's much more, you know, he went to Jackson's. I don't, didn't really work out for him. He went back to Florida. I think that that team X or, or that whatever they're down there, I think they have a, factory yeah, factory X. I think they have a really good camp. I mean, Jock Ray's down there. They got some really talented guys. I just want more from Mike Perry. And I don't know if it's, he needs to go to top team. If he if he if he gets in there, if he just loses his mind and wants to wants to entertain, but I think there's more to him. My my most impressive Mike Perry fight, which I thought he looked the most impressive in, was against Paul Felder. I thought he looked great. That was his first fight with Jackson uh, in his corner, I believe. I thought he looked he fantastic. Um, so I just want Perry because he's athletic, he's strong, he's young, he's got a good chin. I think he could be all these things and he's just not there yet. But I mean, this could be a coming out party. He could come out and crack Jeff Neal. Very entertaining fight. All right. Main card time. 
Kicking off the main card, you got Petra Jan, who's 13 and 1. He's a minus 500 favorite, fighting Uriah Faber, who is 35 and 10. He is a plus 350 underdog, California kid, 41, 40 years old, coming off a huge win over uh, Ricky Simone after being retired for a few years. Getting Petra Jan, the Russian, who I could, I literally tell every time I talk about this guy, I think he's German. He's fucking Russian. Who do you got? You got the California kid, you got the Russian here, bub. Dude, I'm over here shadow boxing. I'm hype. <laughs> um, just we're at, we're at a point where I'm. This is this is. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even going to be sitting when this is, when these fights are happening. At, at we're at this point of the card. Um, I, I really like Uriah Faber. Um, I've I've grew up watching him. I grew up watching WBC. That was my era mm-hmm. of MMA. Um, oh yeah, that's what I grew up on. Wednesday nights, um, baby. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's 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 our era. That's yeah. what I grew up watching Uriah Faber. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember him when he was a a boy faced, the, the California kid. Yeah. Man. Um, Petrion is super impressive. Everybody's super super hyped on him. Um, in his Jimmy Rivera fight, he was doing decent in the stand up, and then at the end of every round, just fucking catching Jimmy Rivera slipping. Mm-hmm. If you watch that fight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He wasn't winning every exchange, maybe. Um, I think that people are a little higher on him than he deserves to be. If you go and look at his record, he's fighting. The dudes he's made his name off of are people at the end of their career, like you know, John Dodson. He decisioned him. Where the fuck is he at now? You know what I mean? Jimmy Rivera, like, look at the record that he's on. He's on a fucking skid. Um, Douglas DeSilk. Douglas Silva de Andrade, that's that's a decent win. That's a good knockout for him. Um, he just, you know, he's got Tsurusa Ishihara on his record as, as, an, as another knockout. But I just, I'm not very impressed with Petrion. But I, I do think he's going to beat Uriah Faber. Um, I don't think this is a good fight for Faber. I think the UFC wants Faber to win this fight over Petrion because they already have their Russian star. They don't need another Russian star. Mm-hmm. But how much money would, you know... Uriah Faber be bring, bringing back into the picture here, right? Um, who's, who's got the bigger name? That's the reason why the UFC's putting Uriah on this card. But you know, they're just kind of sending the cow to pasture. I, I think that even if Uriah can, Uriah is going to have to grapple. That's what he's going to have to do. Like he's he can't stand up and trade with him. Like he's just he's forty one years old and he's he's fighting at one hundred and thirty five pounds. You know what I mean? Right. Like how does your how is in a it's 41 at heavyweight so different because you don't have to cut weight. And if you do, you can go, you know, run five miles in the treadmill and there's your weight. You mm-hmm. know, these guys have to, it's, it's physically draining on him. He's not a big guy, but at 41 years old, putting his body through a weight cut down to, you know, 135 pounds. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just don't know. He's, he's active. Your eye favor has been active. He's, 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 you know, actively fighting now. He knocked out, he knocked out Ricky Simone super impressively overhand right. Rob Font couldn't knock him out. Um, so, I my heart wants to pick Favor, but I'm going to pick Petrion. Um, but I think the UFC wants Favor to win. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think this is an easy layup for him. No, <laughs> um, Favor probably. I feel like. 35 is with Dillashaw out with Cruz being out. You know, there's a lot of guys like Aljamain Sterling's right there, but he's not a big enough star. I feel like you, the only reason when came back is UFC is like, listen, one or two wins. 
you're probably right there in the mix. I mean, Uriah wants to get a title shot. He wants to fight TJ Dillashaw. That's why he came back. He looked great against Simone. I bet against him with Simone. I was very happy that he won the Simone fight. I see a lot of Sharps kind of picking Faber in this fight um, just for nostalgia reasons, and he's a huge underdog. He does have a puncher's chance, but I'm going to disagree with you because I've been very impressed with Petrion. I think this kid is very aggressive. I think he shit talks, which is a little bit different from a lot of Russian fighters. He's starting to learn English. He's got a fucking attitude on him. Um, and he's he's aggressive. He's good striking, good chin. His ground game's coming along. I think his fight IQ is a little low. I think he could have finished Jimmy Rivera, but he kept trying to finish some takedowns instead of just working stand-up. He was clipping Rivera on the feet, and then he just kept working takedowns, and that opened him up to some shots. His defense isn't great because he's very confident in himself. His only loss is to Magomed. I uh, can't pronounce his last name, but he got the loss back. He went and beat him again before he came in the UFC. So I like that he went and wanted to fight the guy that beat him already. He wanted to fight him and fucking be like, okay, I want that loss off my record. I like his mental. I like the way he carries himself. Um, I'm picking Petrion. I think he's a huge favorite. I'm going to bet Petrion. I, I like him that much. Uriah, you know, has power. He's older. He needs to wrestle. You're 100% right. He's, he's really good in the scrambles. Very good on top. His, his ground game is second to none. He's, he's very, very talented. No one's going to be able to hold Uriah Faber down. He's very good, aggressive. Problem is, is sometimes he likes to strike a little bit. He puts his back against that cage. He doesn't explode off. He looks for that one big shot. Uh, I don't think Petrion's going to give him that shot like Simone did. I, I think uh, uh, Uriah's maybe lost a little step in the speed department, even though he did look good against Simone. Um I'm going to go with Petrion. I'm very, very high on Petrion. I think he wins this fight. Depending how 135 shakes out with Suhudo, I think he's going to get Aljamain Sterling next uh, for maybe either an interim thing, depending if Suhudo goes to 125 again. But I'm very excited about this kid, uh, Petrion. And P-E-T-R, I mean, you add an I-E, you got my last name for a first name. That's, I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. Just add an I-E and we're there, baby. So I'll, ta- I'll take Jan. I'm very confident on Jan. Can I say one more thing about yeah, this fight? Um, tell me, bud. So, um, another thing that you got to put into consideration is your eye favor is coming off a knockout win, mm-hmm. which might give confidence to want to stand up. Right. If he was yeah. coming off, if he was coming off a ground and pound win with a, uh, you know, dominated him in the grappling and then maybe TKO with punches, ground and pound in the third round, I guarantee he'd be approaching this fight very different than right. he will. Coming off, coming off of a, a, a big, a big overhand right now. Yeah. I just want to add that. In yeah, yeah, you're right, and that's and that's the problem with Uriah is later on in his career. TJ Dillashaw said this. Uh, Justin Buckholz, when he left Alpha Male, he said this. Uriah didn't want to change. Uriah wanted to train with his coaches and didn't really want to change the way he approached things. When TJ Dillashaw left Alpha Male, he became a completely different fighter. Uh, Cody Garbrandt is now training in Jersey with Mark Henry to tighten his skills up. Uriah doesn't want to evolve. Um, I think he was very good when he was good, and then I don't think he involved with the game. He's still a big name, and this is kind of the UFC's motto, right? They they get a young star like Jan. They give him a, a really big name. They did this with Rich Franklin and Ken Shamrock. They did this with Rampage and Chuck Liddell. They've done this model before where they're going to give a young star who, who might be on the verge of something a really big name who might not be done yet, but having that win on your record is going to be impressive. I think if Jan goes out there, sleeps favor in front of, I mean, this is the first fight of a huge pay-per-view. He sleeps favor in front of all these people. That's a big win. That's a statement win. That's a, that's a guy people are going to uh, fucking want to know. Okay. We got to go. We got to move. 
Next up, Jose Alda, who was 28 and 5. He is a minus 170 underdog, or excuse me, plus 170 underdog. He is a fighting Marlon Moraes, who's 22 and 6 and 1. He's a plus 210 favorite. Uh, I lead the dance here. I know there's a lot of rumors. Everyone hates Jose Aldo cutting his weight. I'm I'm very against weight cutting. I've seen the pictures. He doesn't look healthy. I heard he's only eating salad. And it's, you know, I've questioned that there might be some steroids in use because when he was at 45, he had trouble making that weight. There were talks about him going up to 55. Now he's cutting to 35, which no one thought was a possibility a few years ago. Kind of an odd mood move, in my opinion. I think he thinks that's his quickest way to another title shot. I think he wants another title shot, maybe even a title run, maybe even win it. And then, you know, because there was talks about him fighting Cejudo as well. Um, that might be his best case scenario, right? I think at 45, he knows he can't beat Max. 55, he might be a little too small, maybe not match up well with Khabib. I'm thinking 35 might be his way. I think a lot of people might be overlooking the fact that he's very, very talented. I personally think Marlon Moraes is a, a, a tad bit overrated. I've picked against him a few times. I picked Cejudo to beat him. I picked him to lose against Aljamain Sterling, which I obviously was wrong about. He was in the World Series of Fighting. I think Marlon Moraes has a little bit of a chin issue. He's been buzzed before. He's been dropped before. I'm picking Josie Aldo to win this fight. I think Josie Aldo is going to come out. I think he's going to kick. I think he's going to move. I think his punches are going to hurt Moraes. I think he's still going to carry power. I think Moraes is going to be faster than Jose, but I think Jose's head movement, his will, and his boxing, and, and, and hopefully he kicks again, will get this job done. I think he's going to knock out Marlon Moraes. I think he's going to have an upset and have a nice little run at 35. Devin, am I crazy? Man, I don't know if if, if they're going to be calling him a winner or they're going to be put, calling it an ambulance. He just doesn't look <laughs> doesn't look good, man. And I hate to be one of those people, but he yeah. doesn't look good, man. You know, you know it too. You can't. Yeah, you can't I mean, it, it, yeah, he doesn't look great, but I just I I got to see him bad. on fight night. It's bad, man. Yeah, but you know he could. He, he really. It's I don't like. I don't like what he's doing in. Where at what step he is in his career, if that makes any sense, right? Um, and you saw what happened when guys, especially in these lower weight classes, it's not like a heavyweight that's going to say, "Hey, I'm going to get into better fucking shape." Jared Cannonier that um was able to go down to 205 and then a buck 85. Look at Jared Cannonier at a buck 85. The dude's in the best fucking shape of his life. Shred City. Look at Jose Aldo at you know, and but look at Jose Aldo at 135 pounds. Yeah. Big different, and that's only one weight class, right? Um, that it's scary. Weight cutting, um, weight. It doesn't pay to be the biggest guy in the division anymore. No. Um, and and we've all we've all found that out. Um, and I I don't. I would be more confident if it was Aljamain Sterling fighting Jose Aldo. Um, I would pick Aljo over Jose Aldo. I would pick Cody Stamen over Jose Aldo. Um, there's quite a few 135 pounders that I would pick over Jose Aldo. Um, like you said, I feel like Marlon Marais can be a little chinny, um, but I do think he looked really good in that first round against Henry. Um, they they kind of do very similar things. Um, they they kind of do very similar things. Their their fighting style is is pretty similar. Um, I just think I don't know. I don't know if Jose is going to hold up, um, and he's never been a brutal fighter. Like you know, he's got to take. The only time he's ever really been put out in one shot was from McGregor, and that was, you know, a pinpoint accurate shot after, you know, we, we all know the story. Um, right. So I don't know if Marlon Marais has the same type of accuracy. I don't know if he has the same type of technical skill as Max Holloway, 
to, you know, beat him up, beat him up, beat him up, and finish him. I bet Marlon Marais is a harder puncher than Max Holloway, but I don't think he's as technically sound. And I think Marlon Marais can be broken. Um, if the fight doesn't go his way and he doesn't get what he wants, when he becomes the nail, you know, the, the hammer all of a sudden, instead of weighing 10 pounds, it weighs 50. And I, I, you saw that in the Henry Cejudo fight. Right when Henry didn't break after that first round, once things didn't start going his way, it all went downhill from there. And that's what scares me about this fight. Um, it's a fight I'm really excited to see, but it's a fight that I actually don't want to pick because I don't want Jose Aldo fighting at 135 pounds. I don't think it's good for him. Um, I I understand what he wants. He wants to be the best in the world somewhere. He, he wants to have a belt, um, and I, you can't blame him for that. He's, he's a fighter for a reason, but I just don't... I'm going to pick Marlon Marais. I don't have anything written down for this fight um, because I know these guys so well. Um, I know the backstory well. They're both coming off losses. Um Ronaldo was looking great until he fought uh, Volkanovski, and then like he, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened to Jose Aldo. I really don't. Um, just really hope he doesn't go on like a Henenbarrow decline. That'd be sad. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick Marlon Marais. Um, I don't, I'm not confident in it though, because he, like you said, he can, he can, he can be hurt. Jose Aldo might kick him to fucking hell, and then you know, piece him up and and put something on his chin and put him down. Um, so that could happen, but I just don't know how Jose Aldo is going to take a shot because Marlon Marias can give a shot and chin for chin is what this fight's going to end up probably being. And I don't know if Jose Aldo is going to be able to take it at 135. And actually I'm worried about it. I'm, yeah. I'm literally worried about it. Well, we'll see Saturday night. I'm excited. That's going to be, that's going to be a banger. All right. First of the title fights, we got three of them. Amanda Nunez, 18 and four. She is a minus 300 favorite. She's fighting Jermaine, Jermaine Namree, who is nine and three. She's a plus 230 underdog right hold on excuse me yeah excuse me yep two plus 230 underdog devin female fight you lead the dance here brother you like the goat or you like gdr man i don't i don't not like amanda nunez but i don't love her either um she's a great fighter but i don't i think that there's she mixes up everything well she does everything well. She's got good power. She's got good shot selection. She's got accurate punching. Um, I actually think that GDR is probably the better striker, though, um, as far as tit for tat, strike for strike, with nothing else involved, if that if that makes any sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Amanda Nunes is going to want to strike with her. Um, for the record, I am going to pick Amanda Nunes, but I think that it's going to be similar and or not going to be, but I think it could be similar to Daniel Cormier, Steve Miocic part two, where Daniel Cormier has a very, very clear way of winning that fight, but stubbornness and being a fighter makes them want to win in a certain way. And I think if Amanda Nunes doesn't try to grapple GDR, I think that lessens her chances of winning very significantly. If she were to strike just to strike 100% with GDR, I think that really diminishes her chances of winning. She needs to mix it up against GDR. GDR is the best striker in that division besides her. Probably more technically sound. Probably has straighter punches. GDR can do it all. She can throw perfect hooks, shovel hooks, switch stance. She's got great kicks. So she just got really good shot selection. Um, really good accuracy, probably the more accurate puncher. Um, 
I, I'm gonna pick Amanda Nunes because Amanda Nunes has she's the she's the lioness, she's the queen of the fucking jungle. She wants to win. Um she's got a champion's heart. GDR relinquished the but you know, people all are the whole thing of GDR and Cyborg, people are, you know, they hate her for relinquishing the belt because she didn't want to fight Cyborg. You can't fucking blame her for that. But she's fighting the girl that knocked out Cyborg. So all the shit that anybody wants to talk, you know, it's like <laughs> You know, she, right. if you're scared to fight the little brother, but you end up fighting the big brother, I think that, you know, that eliminates the fact that you were scared to fight the little one if you go and beat up the big one. I mean, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you, you can't really, you can't talk shit, but I don't even think GDR is still a full-time fighter either. I know she's a fucking she's a cop. Still a cop, yeah. Yeah. So, like, props for that, regardless win or lose, like, props for her for, for being able to, to live that, to to fight at the highest level of mixed martial arts and also and also be a police officer at the same time like when the fuck does she sleep right um i want gdr to win this fight though um just because like amanda nunez fighting style is, is awesome but everything else besides her is boring and i think gdr is just as boring as her yeah but i think she'll just throw a fucking wrench in the division right like it what if, if GDR wins that fight? That's going to overshadow everything. Yep. That'll overshadow everything. Even if even if the craziest thing happens with Colby and this, even if the craziest thing happens with, with Max Holloway and Volkanovski, if GDR wins that fight, that's going to overshadow everything. Mm-hmm. Like this, like she's the, the you called her the goat. Yeah. So what happens if GDR wins? Right. So that. You still yeah, picking that, I'm, Nunes? I'm very interested in this fight. I'm still picking Nunes, still but picking I'm Nunes. high on GDR. I think Nunes is the smarter pick. Okay. I think Nunes has the skills to switch it up and and win. I think Nunes can also win on the feet. I just think her chances of winning on the feet are a lot less unless she mixes up her grappling because she beat her once already. She beat right. her on the ground. You do do it again. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It can be done. Yep. So I'm not so, going to bury yeah. the lead here. I'm going GDR, baby. You and I have awesome. You and I are, are are the same but opposite, right? I really like Amanda Nunes. I think she's great. I like her personality. I think she's great for the sport. I love that she's embracing America and she's really working on her English. And a lot of Brazilian fighters don't like to do that. And I think she's a star. The problem is, is this is the last thing the UFC wants. Dana White's tweeting out pictures of Amanda Nunes in front of goats and going, "That's a lot of goats." You got Amanda Nunes who is. Everyone's saying the GOAT, the greatest of all time. She's getting this Ronda Rousey treatment. Dorinda Miranda is a girl who cowered against Cyborg. I was talking about on the last podcast. She's a girl that knocked out Aspen Ladd and everyone was like, who the fuck is this, right? This is a girl that was hitting Holly Holm after the bell. She's not likable, right? And she's a full-time cop as still, so she's not out there, you know, shit talking. She's not really has a big social media presence. A lot of people don't really know her, but she's a badass. All these elements added up, it just it's it's waiting for a fail. I'm rooting for Amanda Nunes. I like greatness. I want Amanda Nunes to keep winning, right? But JDR is or GDR is so good. She has really fast striking, and I think everyone is hitting the nail on the head here. I think Amanda Nunes should take this fight to the ground and dominate. Win by submission, win by TKO, do whatever she's got to do. GDR has very big holes on the ground. But Amanda Nunes is knocking everybody out. She just knocked out Cyborg. She just knocked out Holly Holm with a head kick. She's like, I'm the, I'm the fucking best. Everyone's calling me the GOAT. I'm going to go out there and knock this girl out. I think that's the problem. I think she's 
feeding into this goatness. And I don't really think she's got this huge ego like what happened to Joanna before she fought Rose. Joanna was out there preaching like she was fucking Stalin or something like that. She's not doing that. She's still very much likable. But GDR, I think, is a really bad matchup for her. Plus 230 is a great line next to her name. Um, again, I like Amanda Nunes. I'm rooting for Amanda Nunes. I think she has a way to win. But I think she's going to go in there feeling herself a little too much. I think she's going to walk into a punch. And uh, I think GDR, we're going to get a new champion. We're going to get a new champion, Bob. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm – That's what I'm, I would love to see. I'm, I'm, we think – we feel exactly the same. But different. You, you said it. Yeah. Um, like I, I just really think people are really sleeping on GDR. I'm picking Amanda, um, because it's a safer pick. But I would love to see GDR win. I would love to see her tune her up on the feet. It would just, it would, it make my fucking dick wet. I would yeah. love to see that. And it would, it would, and, and it'd be it, awesome. It might be the best thing for Nunez too, because if she, if she, she can beat GDR. But if she loses to her here on this huge stage after everyone calling her a goat, everything like that, they're going to rematch it. It's going to be a huge rematch, and that'll be the third fight. And I think she has capabilities of winning the third fight, winning her belt back, becoming established herself, all that shit. Um, we got to move on, though. Max Holloway, 21-4. and four. He is a minus-175 favorite. He is fighting Alexander Volkanovsky, who's 20-1. and one. He's a plus-145 underdog. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I love this fight. I actually think this is going to be fight of the night. I think this is going to be the best fight on the card. Um, it's maybe Aldo, Morais, maybe Jeff Neal, Mike Perry, but I think this would be a very, very competitive fight. Volkanovsky is a guy, city kickboxing. We just praise city kid, sick, uh, kitty sick, uh, fuck <laughs> city kickboxing <laughs> earlier in the night with Kai Car France. Um, Volkanovsky fights a little different, right? He's, he's more of a, more of a pressure fighter. He's more of a grappler as opposed to like a, a sharpshooter striker. Um, I think he's a, a little bit better version of Edgar. I think he's more explosive, more powerful. And I think he has, you know, um, a real way to win here because we haven't really seen Max get taken down, get pressed against fence and get bullied. Max likes us to keep a distance. However, I've been so wrong on Max. I picked Ortega to win wrong. I picked Poirier to win. Or, excuse me. I picked Holloway to beat Poirier wrong. I picked Edgar to beat Holloway as a big underdog wrong. I'm going with Holloway. Um, I think he's going to blow Alexander Volkanovsky out of the water. I think it's going to be a five round route. Uh, I don't think he'll get a finish, but I think five rounds Holloway is going to look perfect. I think he's going to put on a display. I think Volkanovsky is going to have to be really incredibly tough, which he is. He'll show his toughness, but I think Max is going to tune him up in this fight and solidify himself as probably the greatest featherweight champion the UFC's ever seen. So um, I like Holloway big in this fight. I'm 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 put I'm putting a lot of money on Holloway. Dev, who you got? Who you got in the featherweight title shot? Motherfucking Hawaii, stand up. Yeah. You going? Is that it? Is that your you answer? Know, you going Max? Um, that. Yeah, that's my answer. Okay. Um, I love I like Alex Volkanovsky. I love Max Holloway. And I he is probably my favorite fighter on the roster. And one thing that that kid does is he brings out the best in all of his opponents. Yeah. Look at the Poirier fight. That was the best Poirier's ever fought in his whole life. He'll never fight like that again. Right. Um and, and Max had his moments in that fight, but the, the, you just you said it. There's avenues and routes for Volkanovsky to win this fight. Um if he kind of does what Poirier did did and not let Max really get going, even though Max did get going in some points of that fight and he had Poirier in trouble as well. And even Poirier came out in an interview saying, you know, Max Holloway ha- had me, if I didn't quit, you know, I-, I could see now, I see how he finishes guys. I-, I understand his game and Poirier gave him a lot of respect. Um, 
And I just think that Volkanovski can cross his feet sometimes. I think that he does a lot of sideways movement and then forward movement, but he doesn't do much in between that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's either moving left and right, or he's either moving front and back. He's not. He, he doesn't have any – his footwork isn't very intricate. I think everything that – anything that he can do, I think Max has just got the fucking IQ to just outsmart him and be two steps ahead. And I think that Max probably might get might get caught in this fight. Um, Max has a really good chin. Um, he's a great fighter to watch. He's so – his striking is just so technical. He's so good. Um He's so, so good. And I just think his, his takedown def- defense is good. He's strong on the ground. He will threaten with submissions. If you try to take him down, he's going to threaten that guillotine. Um, he's taking people down. He's he's fought Ricardo Long. He's fought wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not somebody that's going to try to put him on his heels as much. But I think that Poirier is 10 times a fighter as Volkanovski. Right. And I think Poirier's got more power yeah. and more of a fight IQ than Volkanovski. And I, I just think that any time that, that Volkanovski will pressure forward, I think Max Holloway is going to cut him off, hit him with a with a solid combination, change stance, change stance, fucking just come out of range and then glide back in with another stance switch, give him another three piece combo, slide out. I think he's he's just so clean, like he's so he's so clean. I, he it's it's like a poetry in motion. Yeah, he's he's really I smooth. Yeah, Max is good. He can fight backwards. He can fight forwards. He can fight at range. Um, he's tough to take down. He pops the right old- back up. He's Good on chokes. Yeah, I think Volkanovski's over his head here. I'm not I'm not sold on Volkanovski. I, I think he deserves a title shot. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good fighter. Um, Absolutely. He, he's Absolutely. got a shiny record with 20 and 1, but I, I, I think he's going to run into a bus all Max Holloway. All right, main event. Big one. Big time. My guy, Kamar Usman, 16 and, 15 and 1, excuse me, minus 185 favorite versus Colby Covington, 15 and 1, too. Same exact record. Oh, wow. Uh, plus 150 is what I had him uh, an hour ago. Devin, you lead with the main event, brother. You got you got chaos or you got the Nigerian nightmare? Dude, um if you would have asked me this six months ago, my answer would have been different. Yeah. Um my fucking computer died, so I can't even look at their records, but I know their records. Um I wanted to go more than five fights back just to you know, just to see. Mm-hmm. Um I had to pull up my computer died. What were the what was the betting line there? What did you have and where do you, where did you get it from? I got it from FanDuel, and it's uh, um, Colby Covington's a plus 150 underdog, and Usman's a minus 185 favorite. So almost a two-to-one favorite over him. Yeah, that's a surprising, um, that's a surprising betting line, um, and I believe that that betting line reflects Colby Covington's persona um, more than his fighting, mm-hmm. than his actual fighting style. Right. Um, because you don't... If you had asked me this six months ago, I would have said uh, Usman all the way. And I don't like Colby Covington. I don't like his. I don't like his mouth. Um, I can respect his. I can respect what he's doing, as far as not what he's portraying. But I can respect the fact that he's like holding on to it. He's not letting it go. He's keeping that act up. Um, so I can respect him as far as being able to keep that up and not breaking, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But um, he's good. Um, these guys are output machines, and this fight is going to come down to cardio. Um, I think that Kamara Usman is the bigger guy and is the, and the stronger guy. If you were to take them both to the gym, I, I guarantee 
whatever weight Colby can push, you know, Kamaru Usman can push more. He's probably the stronger fighter. And Kamaru uses a lot of strongman techniques, if that makes any sense to you. He's using grip strength. He's using he's using grip strength. He's using his power. He he wants to take you down. He's he's you know he's do, he's using power doubles. He'll bring you against the cage, lift you up, and hip toss you. Like he's he's doing strongman. He's 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 fighting like the strong guy that he is. Colby's a strong guy too. I would say Colby probably has the greater cardio, and. Colby's technique is more put a bunch in your face, mix up the wrestling, try to take your back, try to ride you, and try to hold position, try to make you hold my weight, make you gas, and then just turn up the volume. He is, him and Mac, everybody wants to talk about the Diaz brothers for volume fighters, but him and Mac Holloway are the two best volume fighters in the whole entire UFC, if you ask me for my opinion. Um, as far as cardio, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, Usman would be number three behind Holloway, in my opinion. Um, I'm actually going to pick Colby for this fight. Um, I think that Colby has a higher output. Look at the Demi and Maya fight. The Demi and Maya fight, Usman had a five round, fought him for five rounds. Covington fought him for three, and his output was higher. Colby has a higher output. I don't see Usman finishing him. Um, Usman throws a lot of looping strikes too. He doesn't throw a lot of things straight. He gets square footed and throws strikes, especially if he has his opponents against the cage. He is the bigger guy. He has the longer reach. I think he's got a four inch reach advantage. Um, Usman can definitely win this fight as well. I think this fight should be a lot closer. I think it should just be a pick em fight, honestly, because that's what it really deserves to be. Um, cause Colby's fucking good. People are sleeping on Colby because he runs his fucking mouth. But I actively, as far as who's doing better in every fight, what Kamara Usman did to Tyron Woodley was really impressive. Held him against the cage, hurt him on the feet, hurt him to the body. I just don't think Colby's going to let him do that. That's not in Colby's mentality. Colby, Tyron Woodley wants to fight off the back foot. He wants to be off the cage. He wants to catch you on the brakes. That's not in Colby's game. That's not in his mentality. You can't put Colby on his back. He's going to want to get up. He's, he's going to chain everything together. He's a chain wrestler. They're both great wrestlers. I think that the wrestling will nullify. And I think if it comes to striking, I think Colby, I think just Colby can push his envelope. Colby does what Colby wants to do. Dan Hardy said this, and I'm going to repeat it. Colby does what Colby wants to do in a fight. Kamar Usman reacts to what you do. And sometimes there's just no fucking reaction for that chaos. And I, I really hate that I'm backing Colby Covington here because he's just such a fucking piece of shit, the shit that he stands for. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny. I don't like it, and I don't say it's right because it's definitely wrong. Um, but I have dark humor, and I think things like that are funny. Um, and if it was Usman doing it to him, um, I would think that it's equally funny. But I just think, technically, I think Usman's a great fighter, but I really think Colby can just push the pace. And I don't think either one of these guys are going to finish each other, and the fight is going to come out to output. Who can give the most output? Yeah. Now, if I, I just I, I don't I don't know any other way to describe it. If Colby hits him five times and Usman hits him once, maybe he's going to wear Usman's punch a little more. But those five punches in front of the judges, plus the pressure from Colby, I just don't. I want to see what Kamara Usman does in the third, fourth, and fifth round. I think he'll win the first round. I think he'll win the second round. I don't think he'll win three, four, and five. 
Yeah, it's an interesting fight. I think fight. it'll get closer as it progresses. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. Uh, I'm obviously picking Kamaro. I'm not going to bury the lead. That's my guy. I know that's your guy. That's my guy. So I got to go Kamaro. Um, it, it, when it's, it's a fight this close, they have the same exact record. They have very similar styles with the chain wrestling. Their striking is obviously different. Colby's more of a volume guy and, and a little bit of a kicker. Kamaro doesn't kick. He's more of a boxing guy, but more power. Um, you 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 got to use some of the tricks that you look into. You look in the record. They have a lot of this com, same common opponents. Colby's only loss is the Wardley Alvarez. Camaro beat a Wardley. Um, they both had Damian Maya. Colby looked way more impressive than Camaro did. But they also fought RDA. I thought Kamaru, I thought Camaro uh, looked great against RDA. I thought Colby looked good, but not great. I thought Camaro almost finished RDA. He looked fantastic in that fight. That's what got him the title shot. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting because they both guys don't like the fight off their back foot. They both like to come forward. They're both pressure fighters. Someone's going to eventually have to fight off their back foot. I think Camaro's going to wrestle more. I think Colby's going to be okay with standing up, taking the fight to the ground. Colby doesn't have great positioning on top on the ground. He lets a lot of his guys get up so he can take them down again. It's a cardio thing. I think Kamaro knows that. I think Kamaro's ready to scramble. I don't know who's better in the scrambles, but I do think Kamaro, if he gets Colby down, if he can take him down, I think he's better on top. I think Colby has a little bit better cardio. Kamaro looks shredded. Like he looks in fantastic shape. Colby's always in good shape. They both look in incredible shape. A lot of the, you know, when two wrestlers fight, it could be a stand-up board. You got two different styles. You got a guy that likes to put a lot of pressure with his punches on you. Not a lot of steam on his punches, but he, he throws 500 a fucking fight. Kamar Usman, not the best counter puncher. He's going to have to be, though, right? Or he's going to have to get off first. But then Colby can counter as well. Um, Colby is a little bit more hittable than Kamaru. Kamaru really hasn't really taken many shots in the octagon. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I think it might be a little boring in the beginning, or they might come out like buzzsaws right away. I think they're both... I think Colby's betting on that he has better cardio, which everything we've seen, there's no no one can argue that. Kamaro looks to be in incredible shape and thinks that he might... I think he might go out there and want to prove he's a better wrestler than Colby. Colby's Division One, Kamaro's Division Two. They have... Division one and division two guys have wars when it comes to the in, in, in UFC and MMA. It's a big, big statement thing because obviously MMA wrestling is a little bit different. So I'm Rocco Camaro. I don't hate the underdog pick on Colby. I got buddies. I got people loving Colby as the underdog in this fight. I can understand why. I can't wait for the main event. They both really, really don't like each other. Interesting styles. They literally have fought the same people, same record. Uh, it's going to be awesome. All right, so Devin, we got to get out of here, but I'm going to give you... Give me your lock of the night here. This is this is what decides a lot of our events here. We split on a few of these fights, but give me your first. Give me your lock of the night. Can be underdog, can be favorite, but your absolute lock of the night. I'm gonna put a thousand bucks down on them. Oh man, my lock of the night. Um, let me look at this card one more time, really quickly. Let me just look. Man, I, I'm, I'm. Oh man, this is hard. Um, let's. Oh man, this is this is gonna be difficult. I don't know who I'm gonna pick. Um, I think Viviani Araujo is a good pick. Okay. Um, but just give me one more second to look over the card. Um, I know I'm, I know we're, you're trying to get out of here. Um, oh yikes! It's. <laughs> Yeah. Extra, extra. It's either her, it's either her or Petrion. 
Um, and you're probably going to pick Petrion, so I'm going to pick Viviani. Okay, so Viviani's your lock of the night. Do you think she's going to finish for an extra point? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. Extra point finish. Okay. <laughs> and you're right. I'm, I'm taking that Petrion as my lock. Cause I, lo- I, I think he's very talented and I do think he's going to finish Uriah. All right. Underdog lock of the night. <clears throat> Give me your underdog lock of the night. Get an extra point. Who do you like? You got a few underdogs here. Um, excuse me. It's either going to be Aldana or you got Aldana, you got Amari, you got, um, Colby. Those are, those are my, Ooh, Colby. I guess he shouldn't be an underdog. Right. Um, let's just let's leave it at that. It should be a pick em fight. Um, but uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Mari Akhmedov, but part of me wants to say Aldana. Okay. Um, I'm a toss up between both. The women's fights are a lot. All, I don't know. Um, Ian Heinrich might come out with something to prove. I'm right. I'm stuck. Um, can you pick yours first? Yeah, my under, <laughs> my underdog lock of the night is gonna be Jose Aldo. I'm really confident in that pick. I like Aldo a lot. It was between Aldo or GDR, and I'm also gonna. I'm, I think Aldo's gonna finish. I think the only way he wins that fight is if he finishes. <clears throat> so, um, I'm gonna go with. Um, oh, pardon me. I'm really, I'm really torn here. I'm gonna go with Mario Alfredo, but I'm probably, and he's probably gonna lose, and Aldana's probably gonna fucking win. Yeah. Okay. So lock, lock. Do you think he's gonna finish, or do you think it'll be a decision? I don't think he's finishing. Either. Okay. Decision. Okay. All right, so that's it, man. We got it's gonna be a cracker. It's gonna be good. Uh, I can't wait for Saturday. It's only Wednesday. I keep thinking it's fucking Thursday too. So I'm super bummed out that tomorrow's not gonna be Friday. But uh, I gotta go put the little one to bed. Thank you, Devin, for doing this. And hopefully you can get a dub, man. Hopefully you can tie me up. Remember, you beat me by two points or more. We're even for the year, and then we start brand new 2020. Uh, hey, man. I just you know, regardless, win or lose. Um, I, I just enjoy coming on here. I want to thank you for taking me on here this year. This was awesome. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can do some more stuff in 2020. We'll, we'll talk more about it later. Absolutely. Cool ideas. And hopefully we can, we can make this thing grow and, and, you know, get this, get this plane off the, uh, plane's the, already in the sky, but right. You know, yeah. Let's, let's get let's it. Let's get it right. Let's get it going. I appreciate it, buddy. You have a good night. All right. Yeah, man. You too. Have a wonderful night. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's see it, buddy. See you, bud. That was Devin Tejada. What a gentleman. Uh, big pay-per-view. Big fights. <clears throat> I'm excited. It's late here on the uh, on the East Coast. I got to be up at 5 a.m. Little baby's got to go to bed. We, we went over an hour talking about UFC 245. Me and Devin can sit here and talk for four hours, five hours, all fucking night about this car, breaking out every single fight, every little round for each fight. But <clears throat> enjoy the fights this Saturday. Unbelievable. I'm betting heavy. I'm going Saturday instead of Friday. Usually I go Friday. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to try to get some new juju. I'm going to go down Saturday, place the bets at the sports book, and uh, eat about 100 more hundred wings on Saturday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just gorge myself because it's a big, you know, we got to go. I might wear a tux, you know, get some champagne. It's a big fucking night. All right, so that's it. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week, and we'll see how we do. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it.
tomorrow. All day, all night, you feel my heat. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?